Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies, the Sunday Rise. It is me. It's me. It's the Midnight Rider. This morning, we've got another show for you. Uh, as always, I'm joined by the incomparable, the, the man that sings background on Sarah Smiles himself, the big guy, KG. And in the middle, I got the guy that auditioned to be the man that says somebody's watching me with Rockwell. It's the big, the, the boss man, BJ. What's going on, folks? How you guys doing this morning? Just fine. Just fine. Another NFL Sunday morning with a early rise London game, which uh, it is what it is. The uh, Titans and the Ravens. We'll get to that shortly. It's crazy you say that because uh, I had one loaded up for you. And, I, you know. <laughs> I I had a good one loaded up for you too, you know. It's the midnight ride of the man that looking for the woman that wore the raspberry beret, you know, the kind you find in the second hand store. <laughs> if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. You know, that's that's the type of woman he looking for. Good morning, fellas. Uh, how's everybody feeling? I feel sorry for the people of London watching these two teams slog it out. Um this is definitely not offense at its finest. Um, it's 18 to 3, might as well be 49 to 3, because Tennessee has looked god awful this morning. Thank you for saying that. I want to know how much longer. First of all, I think I'm going to treat myself Monday to listen to Tennessee Ready. I just want to see what the fans and the radio stations there have to say about Ryan Tannehill, because I've been saying for years and I don't understand why he's still starting and why he gets the leash that he gets. Um, the only way Tennessee Titans have a chance of winning anything is Derrick Henry runs for 3000 yards and has like 45 touchdowns. That man back there, I don't even know his number 17 is Ryan Tannehill 17 is God awful. It doesn't matter who you bring the it's kind of the same thing where uh, with with, a, with, uh, with Julio Jones there for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan proved that he's nothing without that guy. He absolutely proved that. He wasn't an elite quarterback. He was somebody that was getting saved by Julio Jones. Julio Jones made that offense. The same thing with Prime, A.J. Green, and then the Cincinnati quarterbacks. But um, A.J. Brown... You can see what he was doing for the Titans. I don't know why the Titans let him go. But this Ryan Tan, we we watch it here. We watch it everywhere else. And, and I'm not even going to get into the other factors of the QBs, but we watch these short leashes on these quarterbacks. And then you turn on Sunday and 17 is starting for the Tennessee Titans. And you watch these throws, and some of them have no chance. And it's, there is it's not, it's not a – my guy's gonna get it, or you're not gonna get it. Nobody's getting it. The paint, the paint on the turf is getting it. And I just don't understand for the life of me. I mean, the Tennessee a couple of years ago was an AFC championship contender. Um, and you would think that, you know, I know they drafted Malik Willis and all this other stuff, but I I just from what I've seen in a QB carousel around the league, I just don't understand why this guy still has a job. This is a guy he can give you a backup. You, you know, your guy sprained me out for two, three weeks. He
he can hold down a fort for a little bit. But if he has to start games, you might as well go ahead and pencil in your top five draft pick. The only way the Tennessee Titans are relevant is because people are so terrified of Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel is a hell of a defensive coach. That's the only reason why this team is relevant. The only reason why – if this team had Josh Allen, you pencil them into the AFC Championship. If this team had Patrick Mahomes, you pencil them to the AFC Championship because every – the other phases of the team is great. Special teams, defense, they can run the ball. They have nothing passing, nothing, except a couple lucky throws this, this meathead makes, you know, every week. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's NFL caliber. You know, I'm not – trying to rag on because I'm not in the NFL. I'm not playing quarterback, but he's I, – I just don't understand why he still has a job. Well, I think you said it. It's the poor drafting. It's the Malik Willis field experiment. It's the Will Levis coming in the building and actually being what everybody thought he was in the pre-draft, which was not a good quarterback besides Mel Kuyper. So now you're sitting here reaping what you sow. And then you don't have the quality receivers on the outside to make it look better. Um, you got DeAndre Hopkins, who's on his last legs, uh, Traylon Burks, who shows Slash's potential, but just doesn't have it right now. So, and you gave up all of that just to get rid of AJ Brown because you didn't want to pay AJ Brown. Well, let me, let me interject here. I'm going to tell you why Ryan Tannehill's is a starting quarterback. We are in a league of retrade steel. They're going to keep recycling quarterbacks, and this is this is not anything outside of what it is. They're going to recycle quarterbacks. You're going to keep going to the same guy because he's the safe option. Because Ryan Tannehill is not a superstar. He can't take over a game. He's a he's a game manager. But if you put him in the in the Annals of game managers, he's not even really middle of the pack. He's kind of lower middle of the pack. He's not dead last, but he's a game manager. You don't you Ryan Tannehill's not gonna beat you by himself. But the reason why he has a job because he can give you eight and eight. He did that twice in Miami. He gave you eight and five in Miami. In Tennessee, he gave you a, a seven and three as a starter, 11 and five, 12 and five. And then he fell off and went six and six. So they're hoping that he can recapture that magic from three years ago and have them go 12 and five. And they run Derrick Henry up the middle 37, 38 times. If you kind of think about it, they treat Derrick Henry like he's Earl Campbell. Almost. If it's, you know, third and 19, well, give it to Derrick Henry, he can at least get you 18, 18 and a half. It's kind of like that, but Ryan Tannehill's a safe pick. He has a dominant running back behind him. Now imagine they would kept AJ Brown and got DeAndre Hopkins. You would have had a one-two quarterback. I mean, a one-two combo for a quarterback. But he's a quarterback that has weapons, but can't use them. He's just a safe guy. That's it. They got confidence in him because he's been in the system since what 2018. I'm sorry, 2019. He's been with this team since 2019, so he's a safe guy. They're not going to draft anybody to be his quote-unquote replacement anymore because he acts like a petulant child if you do that. Look at what he did to Malik Willis. You all may feel like Malik Willis wasn't a guy, but the way he treated him, I'm not going to help him. 
damn, okay. Crazy, but okay. But that's why he has a job. He's the safe guy. That's it, and that's all. Yeah, I just, I understand what you're saying, but it's been so many safe guys. And like I said, I'm not going to do it today. I think y'all know where I want to go. But we've seen so many safe guys get the boot. Ross, what's going on, man? We've what's seen so many safe, safe guys get the boot. And not, I, like I said, there's no – when you put your, your preseason roster together and then eventually you put 17 as your starting quarterback, you're looking for a wild card. That's your ceiling. Your ceiling is Derrick Henry highlights. You're, it's not um, – You're. I just – like I said, man, it's – it's just mind blowing to me because we've watched it. We've watched the, um, you know, the, the trash cans get kicked around, and for some reason, this is their favorite trash can. So that's what this guy is. He's a trash can, and yeah, save this clip and put this clip onto and tag him in, and if he got an account, he's a trash can, and that's what he is. And this team will never be relevant. You know, the only way they, they, you know, they they get what they get is because um, you got that defense and you got Derrick Henry and he has a a buck fifty and two or three touchdowns. It's not you. You'll never say Ryan Tannehill beat us, and that's that's been his whole career. I just don't get it. it you know, this was a field goal fest. It's eighteen three Baltimore now. Baltimore just punted the ball back to Tennessee. It looked like. But it's just they have no chance, and that got to be deflating. It has to be deflating knowing that your offense has no chance. But if Derrick Henry's not going, it's like we dare you to pass the ball. All right. Well, um, before we jump into the NFL, I got to do this. I got to flex. Got to flex. Everybody talked about Caleb Williams, and I know that's the Midnight Riders, one of his top five quarterbacks that made the list. But they went down to the Notre Dame fight in Irish yesterday. His three picks in the first half sealed the fate. I was just hoping we could hold on. So the Jewel Shillelagh has come back to South Bend. Whenever we beat USC, it's always a good thing for me. Ross said it perfectly. That's one of the best games Notre Dame has played in about three, four, three or four years, and I love it. It was a complete game, complimentary offense, complimentary defense. They capitalized, capitalized, capitalized. I love it. Maybe if they had something like that in College Park, maybe people would get happy. But, you know, you can't be the most prestigious school in the country without doing these type things. Since since we're talking college, let's go ahead and get um, the three games that we want that that's been on my mind all week. First, Colorado showed me that um, their offense is up and down, so I can see what Matt doesn't like about the OC. Um, the defense got shredded. I mean, this should be a warrant out for number thirteen for what he did to that team. Um, Sun, I mean, Saturday, I mean Friday night. Saturday morning, um, Joker had like a 97-yard touchdown. Then he had another – I think he had like three touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if he almost had 300 yards 
on um, Friday night. Then we get to Notre Dame, who had a great game against um, USC. A great game plan, actually. I actually like the fact that um, the way they played Caleb Williams, um, it actually showed some imagination and showed you that this team is faster than it's ever been before um, in this history. And then lastly, Marilyn Turpins, man, you got you guys got to grow up, grow up, man. At some point, you have to be relevant. You have to take advantage of the fact that you've got a senior quarterback. This is your time to win nine, ten ball games. This isn't the time to lose a ball game to an inferior team. Um, I thought it was disgusting. Thought it was disappointing. Um, I'm not trying to call for Loxley's job because I don't think it's his fault. I just think when your quarterback underperforms, um, you bear the fruit from his underperformance. Uh, there's no way Merlin should have lost his ball game last night. Um, that team isn't in their class. But it's one of those games where they're starting to get towards the end where they get to their murder's row, where you get Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan um, in some form or fashion, and you gotta, you just got to show, man. And there's no way they – nothing. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm at a loss of words. Because it's just it's just it's sad. Because of course next year we're gonna come back and now Merlin's gonna have a young quarterback and or they're gonna get somebody at the transfer portal and they're not gonna be the same team. And then at this point we're gonna be hoping for eight wins when you should have had ten this year. And I think, you know, I heard that little jab the big guy took of our Maryland Terrapins, and it's fine because I never proclaimed that my Maryland Terrapins are in mm-hmm. anybody's lead. They're they're a building team. And I only thought that them moving to the the Big Ten would help their cause, but it wouldn't be overnight. You can't make you can't make that diamond overnight. It's going to take time. And I know the Midnight Rider always says your senior quarterback, and your senior quarterback is below average and flaky. That's all you're going to get, and the team reflects that. Um, you know, you could bring a, a kid in here next year that's younger from the transport portal or whatever you're going to do. And he could actually be a better option, move that ball better. Uh, I just think that uh, Tungo Vialoa rides off the name. That's 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 what I think. That's why he's he has a job in Maryland. I mean, you know, he's riding off the name of his brother. They were hoping that he probably had some of that. He, you know, he you can see it at times, but he's just an average QB, and you can't bring an average QB. You're already an average team in the Big Ten. You're an average team. You're in the middle of the pack. So when you go play the guys as a step above you, you look horrible, and that's that's what Maryland is right now. You 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 know they they had their showing against Ohio State where they they made some good plays in the first half and it just kind of the wheels fell off of it, um, you know. But it, it's just it's just a building point. And me as a Terp fan, yes, the the loss was inexcusable. That that can't happen when you're trying to build a program, but I also know that this is just not it's not their time. They have a long way when they jumped into this conference. I said this this is going to be, you know, they have to build it from the ground up again. You, you, this is the ACC, and they were getting thumped in the ACC. They were getting thumped in the ACC. Florida State, you know, Miami. They would those, those that's they were getting murdered by those. They wasn't they weren't they didn't have a chance. And now you get over here and you could see some glimpses where they're playing smart ball. Like, Maryland has to – it has to be a whole thing. The, the players have to play perfect. The coaches have to call perfect plays. 
They have to strategize, and that ha- it can't be off. None of the plays in the game. As soon as it's off, you see with Ohio State. Once it's off, it goes south quick because they don't have the horses. They don't have the five-star recruits, and that's going to show. No matter how good you are strategically, five-star versus two and three-star, you you're going to win that just off a of talent alone all the time. And then you'll get those games where you. You played a perfect game all, all quarter, all four, four, four quarters, all game, and you know you'll still barely win those games. You know, Maryland, they are what they are, and you know, hopefully with this transfer portal, um, Maryland having a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a little little seasoning in the pot, maybe they can get somebody better behind QB because that the kid ain't Tolua. Have you say his name? It's just not. He's not the guy. Hopefully. He rides off into the sunset, and we don't have to see him no more. All right. Uh, we'll talk more college football on Tuesday, but right now it's Sunday, so we got to get to these games. We got a six-pack, possibly a whole seven-pack, so we might give you an extra one today, depending on what the time looks like. But first up, you got the Lions at the Bucks. Bucks are wearing their creamsicle jerseys this uh, today. Um, as we always say, all lines, over-unders, everything brought to you by FanDuel, official, unofficial sponsor <laughs> of the Sideline Junkies. Uh, the lines are three-point favorites, over-unders, 43 and a half. We'll start with the Midnight Rider, go to the boss, BJ, and I'll finish it up. This is, um, I think the key to this ballgame is David Montgomery. Um, Jameer Gibbs is down. I think he's out with an injury. So the pressure all falls on Montgomery and um and number 16. Why can't I think of his name now? The quarterback. Why can't I think of golf? Golf. Okay. Um yeah, the game falls on both of their shoulders. Uh I think Laporte is a game time decision, they're tight end. So I think the decision comes really down to just um, what this offense is going to do. Uh, the Bucks and their defense have been stout um, all year long. And then it comes to Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's played good enough to keep them relevant. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'm taking the over and I'm taking the lines for the win. Uh, that's how I see this playing out. I'm taking the lines and I'm taking the over. And I I think the I think the key to this game is gonna be Aiden Hutchison. I think he's gonna wreak havoc on the uh the Tampa Bay offensive line and Baker Mayfield, and I think it's gonna cause havoc for them. I love Detroit. Cool. You know, I love how they built 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 their thing back up, man. Uh right now, fourth in the league in points at twenty nine point six a game. Um, and I think that's gonna to continue today. I think they're gonna put some points up. I think all three phases is going to contribute to for them, you know, whether it's the special teams and field position. But I think that offense, even with Gibbs out today, I think Montgomery is a good enough. He's done it before he started. So I think him coming in, I, I'm not going to say they don't miss a beat because Gibbs is good. But I think they, they continue on. Golf does what he does. Uh, I think Tampa, made, Tampa makes a valiant effort, but they're going to come up short. And that, I, I, I see this going over to 42 and a half. I see this as – even with me saying Aiden Hutchinson causing issues, I think this is going to be a little mini shootout here. 
I think, you know, this is going to be one of them good games you get to watch. You get to watch some good offense. So give me D- Detroit and the points and the over. Okay. Uh, Xavier chimed in. He said Lions 14-3. So he's taking the points, but he's going under, way under. He don't think it's going to be much of a game. Um, I like the Lions in this one. I picked the Lions in this one. And I'll take the Lions with the points and give me the over. Because the Lions got a they got a, a, a offense that we haven't seen from them probably in our lifetime. You know, they got the receivers, they got the tight end, they got the running back, they got the quarterback. The Lions are making some serious noise. And I think this is probably the best Lions team since Dwayne Fonts era. That, that's taking it way back. And, you know, he had Barry Sanders, Herman Moore, Brett Perryman, those cats. But uh, give me the Lions in this one. I'm going to say over on this 43. I'm going to say 34-21 Lions. It's going to be close early, but they're going to pull away and they're going to put it away. Uh, next up, the Seahawks of Seattle travel to the city of Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals are three-point three favorites. Uh, Over-under is 45-and-a-half. Uh, midnight Rider. What you say the over was? 45-and-a-half? Over-under over under is 45-and-a-half. Seahawks, Bengals. Uh, wow, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be strength on strength. Um, Seahawks have the three young corners, and then you have the three receivers for uh the Bengals. Mm, this is gonna be an interesting ball game. I think Seattle pulls it out because Seattle's gonna turn this into a um a ground and pound fest. So I can see this going under, and I see the Seahawks that means they're in Cincinnati. So yeah, I see the Seahawks pulling it out on the road. And I see this um, hitting the under. Go ahead, yeah, I, I don't – I don't look, Vegas is being generous with giving Cincinnati three at home. The Cincinnati offense hasn't shown anything all season that they're going to come out here and keep up with Seattle's offense. Um, the Seattle's putting up 27.8 a game. That's good for six. The Bengals are at 16.6, 27th in the league and getting points on the board. They have been struggling mightily. I don't think that turns around today. I think Seattle comes in here, and I think this is going to be another embarrassing loss for the Bengals. I really do. I don't think they, they, they keep up with Seattle. I think they're going to get smoked at home, and it's going to be ugly in the first half, and then uh, Joey B going to come out there and throw some garbage yards and some garbage TDs, and you're going to see another, you know, frustrated Jamar Chase and, you know, some other uh, other cats. Because um, they, they know that, they, I guess, you know, they feel like they, you know, uh, we thought they were one of the better teams in the AFC, and it just isn't panning out for them right now. I don't know if Joe Burrow still nursing an injury. Not really sure what's going on with that. Um, but I'm taking Seattle, but I'm taking the under. I don't think Cincinnati puts up any points today. I, I really, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be like a 
ish game, so it'd be right under the right under the uh, over under. I don't, I don't, I don't see Cincinnati unless it's some garbage points at the end. Seattle got some second and third stringers in on defense. I think it's one of those type games, man. Give me uh Seattle and the uh, under. I gotta agree because I felt this. I feel the same way. I feel that the Bengals haven't shown me nothing offensively to make me say, okay, yeah, they can beat Seattle. And Seattle, this is not you're running a mill Seattle and pre-Russell Wilson. No, this is Seattle still rolling. They're still a good team. And here's, here's the thing. When are we going to see Joe Burrow sit down and, and rest that calf? Is it is it going to be when they're mathematically eliminated? Because I'd rather him rest now so we can come back later. That's my thing. But I see the Midnight Rider shaking his head. Um, But I, I'm, I'm taking Seattle in this one. They will cover. Uh, I'm going to say Seattle 24, Cincinnati 17. Uh, Xavier checked in. He says uh, 27-17 Seahawks. He's been slacking. Uh, the, the the last couple of weeks he went three and three the week before so you can't have a good week to have a bad week but I think everybody had a bad week last week I'm gonna be honest with you. On to the Monday night game now this is a game I'm very very interested in. The Dallas Cowboys visit the L.A. Superchargers. Uh, Cowboys one and a half point favorites over under is fifty and a half. Um, before I give it to you Midnight Ride, this is why I'm interested in this game. I see a lot of Cowboy fans in the fan base say, you know, I think Dak's the problem. And these are the smart ones. I'm not, these are smart ones. Um, Dak's the problem. We can't win with Dak. But then Jerry Jones turns around and say, the only way we win is with Dak. And it's like, okay, look here. We got to figure out something. Is Dak the problem or is he the savior? You know, you have the weapons, but what's the problem? And I, I think – I like to call the Cowboys the great pretenders. Let me give it to you, Midnight Rider, before I get too deep into it. No, you fine, man. Um, actually, I just tried to update in the, in the thing saying that's so Raven. Um, the Ravens just threw an interception, getting the ball to Tennessee in plus territory. Um, it's 18-6 as we speak. There was a, uh, there was a scary hit um, put on by Hamilton on um, – a receiver, defenseless receiver. So I know that's going to be a penalty. He might even get objected for this, but it's not one of those penalties. Yeah, it was, it was, it was ugly. Uh, and it's, it's more so going to be because of the rules, but it doesn't look like the kid was actually targeting him. It's the way the guy fell, um, changed the launch point or changed the, the point where he was going to make contact. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Yep, there he is. He's walking off with his summit. To the side, so he's been ejected for sure. Um, and the kid more just looks like he's out of it. So the good thing is he's walking off the field. Um, KG, I'm sorry, Cowboys Chargers. Let's get into it. Um, you talk about Dak. I think this is one of those games. This is the team, this is the hype bowl. These are two teams that come in with a lot of fanfare, a lot of expectations, and so far both teams have struggled to live up to those expectations. Uh, the Cowboys have struggled with theirs because 
anytime they play someone of merit, um, it just doesn't look good. And then um, the Chargers, they just charge her. They be charging. Um, and Derrick Henry just went in for a touchdown. So we got an 18-12 ball game right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. Um, what's the line for the Cowboys? Uh, the Cowboys' favorite underdogs? That favorite uh, by one and a half. All right, so Vegas got this as a pick Um Give me the Cowboys, the points, and the over. I don't know why I'm believing in there's going to be offense, but with these two teams, they'll they'll give up enough that um, it'll be a good ball game. It'll be a high-scoring affair, but I just don't see um, – I don't know. The Chargers just don't – they have this mode where they just don't win important ball games or win when you're expecting to win. So that's why I'm going with the Cowboys. These are the exact two same teams. I cannot find this game on Bleacher Report for some reason. Um, these are the exact two same teams here. Like like Midnight Rider said, underachieving. I picked the Chargers to win the AFC West. Go ahead and put flush that down the toilet. I'm glad I ain't putting a par- uh, parlay on that or a bet on that. But um, man, this is like flip a coin. But I I agree with Jerry Jones. Dak has shown you like a couple years ago when Dak you know broke his ankle, he was leading the league in passing yards for the next what two or three weeks. Um, but he also had a different set of receivers. I don't know why they let Amari Cooper walk. I I, I think he was more help than he was. I, I just don't – you know, with C.D. Lamb, I think you had a, a good comment. I don't know why they let him go. But, uh, man, to pick one of these fools? Uh, what's the, I can't see the game. What's the overrun on the game and the points? Uh, Dallas is one-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under is 50-and-a-half. Ugh. Give me the Chargers and give me over on the points. Give me over on the points and give me the Chargers. I think the Chargers hold hold their ground at home. Um, I just think Dallas is just after that shit. Like after what Michael Parsons said, I just believe that they're just as delusional as their fan base. Because he he basically said they're on par with the 49ers and that didn't show like no you no y'all not I picked y'all to win that game I thought they were gonna come out you know that's one of them games you get hyped up for you know this isn't a bottom dollar you got to prove yourself and they came out and laid the egg they lay Easter eggs they're like the ones you find once a year on the White House lawn that's what they laid you're not gonna see those every day but I just think this team is kind of it's on fire and it's just entering the atmosphere. And it's gonna take a hell of a lot of uh, you know, corners from Houston and 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 you know, you need the 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 right lieutenant on the helm to get that thing out of orbit. <laughs> it's gonna go, it's going up quick, it's gonna go up quick and it's gonna stay on fire. But um, give me the charges today. I just the cowboys, they killed me last week. I picked them and they killed me. But I'm taking the charges, the over and the charges. 
Uh, Ross says Dak catches all the heat for everything in Dallas, and I, I believe that's true. And I agree with the with the boss BJ as well that Dallas came out and they just they didn't play inspired ball last week. And Michael Parsons, when he said that, everybody clowned him. Like you're not on par with the Cowboys. You, I mean, I'm sorry, you're not on par with the 49ers. And I, I said it last week, and I was told that I was a hater, as usual. But I said, you know, Dallas hasn't arrived yet, and that's, that was proof. But neither has the 49ers. The 49ers can't beat Philly in the postseason. You can't get over the hump. So with that being said, I mean, Dallas is nowhere near. You're saying that you, you're saying that 49 because of that 49er guy. That's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. But I don't, I don't agree with you that the 49ers haven't arrived. 49ers are who they are. And it's just like any other team, you have to take that step to beat the big boy. And I keep saying that with Buffalo until you beat Kansas city in Kansas city in the playoffs and not in the regular seat. I don't care what you do. Just get to the playoffs. Y'all can be 10 and eight, get to the play. I don't care. 10 and seven, get, get to, I don't care. It doesn't matter. And, I, I, you can't say they're not arrived because they're tearing up everybody else in the NFC. They, you, it, it, if we're just talking about they can't beat Philly, okay, I'll take that. If I'm a 49ers fan, okay, but I can be. We can beat y'all. We just can't beat Philly. So you know, they've arrived. They, you know. But see, here's the thing: when you get into the playoffs, and you get that first round by, you get to the divisional. Oh, sometimes they don't even get past the division. Who the 49ers? Sometimes they don't. But I mean, they if I'm not mistaken, they made the NFC championship game last year, right? I think that was the NF, them and the Eagles with a with a matchup. But they came out against the Eagles. Now they had every excuse in the world and did not use it. And I love that. Did, didn't Brock Purdy get hurt that game? Yeah, he had a uh, that's what I say. He he got hurt. I want to say uh Debo was hurt. McCaffrey was out. They they didn't have none of their guns. They had nothing. And they still put on a competitive game. But I can't say you've arrived because I haven't seen you at full strength against this team. And I think if they play Philly at full strength, I'll change my mind. But normally when I say that, people say I'm hating. I'm like, no, you have to understand you can win every game all season long. But if you get to the playoffs and you can't produce, and you lay an egg, you haven't arrived yet. That's what that means. That's what that means. That's a Chuck Noll quote that I, I've been using for like the last four years. I just, I, I know what you're saying. Uh-oh. I know what you're saying. Can y'all hear me? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go. Uh-oh. I think I took him back. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming. That's me fucking up. I didn't make okay. him leave. Okay. But there you okay. go. All right. Well, I'm I know what you're saying, but Uh-oh. it's just like it's a it's a whole are you you can't hear us? I think he cut himself off. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having technical difficulties at the moment. I can hear BJ. I hear him. Hear okay, and I can hear okay, everybody can hear everybody. All right, we're good. Double thumbs. All right, all right. Yeah, 
it's a whole bunch of teams that would love to be in the 49ers position. A whole bunch of fan bases that would love to be, hey, we're we're coming to the playoffs. We're probably going to get a first-round bye, maybe. Maybe we have a chance to fight for the first-round bye. Um, look, it is what it is. I mean, it's a whole bunch of teams that haven't arrived. Yeah, I agree. You know? But see, you know. when I say that, and it's not just – 49ers and Cowboy fan because you know mostly everybody is uh you know either Commanders fan, 49ers fan, Cowboy fan, something like that. You don't find too many other teams. But when I say that, I'm not saying that to be a hater. I'm not saying that to knock what you're doing. No, you just haven't got over the hump yet. You're not there yet. And I thought about what you said about the 49ers guy. No, I'm not saying that. I've been saying that about San Francisco long before that clown, you know, decided to show up. I see he didn't chill the fuck out. But anyway, this game, I'm 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 not confident in the Cowboys here. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're shell shot. They may come out and win 41 to nothing. But I'm not confident. I think the Cowboys kind of sort of cover, but I think this is going to be like a 31-30. So give me the Cowboys in this one, 31-30. Take the over. Cowboys don't even they, – they're not even going to cover. The two most inconsistent teams in the league play each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Next up, let's travel down to Houston, Texas, where Lady C's New Orleans Saints take on the Houston Texans. Uh, Saints are one and a half point favorites over under 42 and a half. Midnight Rider. Hey, man. Um, I've been on the show and I've said that I think the Texans have something special. Of course, the week I say it, they go out and lose. Um, but hey, who knows? Uh, that's the NFL, you know, it's a week by week league. Um, last week they just didn't have the matchup that maybe favored them in the right way, but. I'm going to go out on a limb again and go with the Texans uh, to win this ball game. Uh, I just think the combination of Stroud, uh, Nico Collins, and I think the fact that they can run the ball with um, Damian Pierce, I think that gives them a chance every week. And they may, they may end the season 7-10 and 10 or 6-11, and 11, but I think they're going to walk away knowing they found a quarterback, they have a running back. Um, their only issue so far has been – health alone across the offensive line. Defensively, they've been solid. And and I know the Saints get – they've had Kamara back now for two weeks, so that's going to help them out tremendously. And then you go into the fact that their defense is stingy. So I don't see a lot of points being scored in this ballgame. Um, I see this being a situation where it's going to be um, – What's the under? Is it 42? The under, the over under is 42 and a half. Yes. Well, I, I pulled that out on my butt on that one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go under the 42 and I'm taking the Texans for the W. I got a question before the boss BJ takes this. That ringtone, was that the gold dust thing? Uh, no, nah, that's the, um, you know what Roman that is. Reigns. Roman Reigns, yeah. Because yeah, I, I heard a little piece of it. I was, I, I was about to say, oh, it's a Shattered Dreams production, huh? Nah, it's all, it's all, we the ones. <laughs> Boss BJ? Mm, um, 
I like how Stroud is playing for the Texans. I agree with the Midnight Riders. I, I, I'm definitely going under this game. I don't think a lot of points are scored here. Um, I, and I'm leaning towards the Texans at home. I picked the Texans last week, too, and they lost. They kind of let one slip away. But uh, I'm looking here and just I, – I, I'm surprised that they're, they're 11th in points per game at 23 Houston ends. Um, I think this is one of the things where, you know, they're trying to, you know, figure out the team, figure out everything. I'm going with the Texans today. And um, I think they I think they make work of the, the Saints. I really do. I think they make some quick work of the Saints. And you get to see, like I said, if, if you're a Houston Texans fan, at this point, just sit back on the couch with your beer. You know, you got your guy, QB. And just kind of let this thing play out and let them build a team around this guy. And – Deshaun Watson to be a thing of the past quick is very quickly, very quickly. So give me the Texans and give me the under. Uh Ross says the Texans are winning this game. Uh he also says they're a good matchup for the Saints. Um the Texans D flies to the ball. You can see the difference a head coach can make. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's man. Like, people are already talking about this cat's coach of the year. And it's good. It's absolutely good to see on many different levels. Um, I'm on the fence with this one because the Saints have been playing pretty good ball. They've been playing really, really good ball. And so have the Texans. But I think this is going to be a close one. I think this is going to come down. And the Texans seem like they can win when it's close. But give me the Saints in this one. Saints 17, Texans 16. So I'm taking the under, and they're not going to cover. That's how close I think it is. I think it's going to be on a last-second play. It's going to be 16-10, and the Saints going to come through and knock it out of the park. All right, next up, we got a divisional matchup. Before we go there. Well, it used to be a divisional matchup. Before we go there, we got the Ravens and the Titans doing the ultimate Spider-Man meme game, if I've ever seen it. Texans are driving. I mean, the Titans are driving. They just throw an interception in the red zone. So, yeah, that's it. I Like, it's, it's really going to be a battle of that's so Ravens versus Tennessee. T- t- Tennessee? So... Good God, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-mm-mm. We got Colts versus Jags. Uh, Take me to another place. Take me to another land. Mm. Just help me understand. This is a divisional matchup. Both teams in the AFC South. At one point in time, both teams just been at. Nope, the Colts in the AFC East. They were in the AFC East. Um, but three and a half point favorite are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over under is 43 and a half. Midnight Rider, take it away. You know, it's the reason I I even looked at this game. Um, I really think that the Colts become a more balanced team with um, Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And I know I've said this before. I know I've been called a, um, a, a, a Minshew, whatever, Minshew Hive, whatever it's called. I'm part of the cult. Um, 
Only thing I don't do is live in my live in a bus in the off season, but um, maybe I'll get there one day. But I think he gives them a chance. But I still gonna take the Jaguars to win this ball game. Um, and here we, it's it's just gonna be one one of those ball games is gonna be close. I think we we hit the over, but we barely get to the over in a twenty to twenty four type of situation. So I'm gonna take the Jags, and I'm taking the over. And I'm gonna come in here and and you know I like how Indy plays. Indianapolis gives Jacksonville fits, and I'm going to take Indy today. I'm going to take Indy today. Indy today. Uh, that we, we found out why Jacksonville looked so crisp and sharp last week playing Buffalo and London because they had been there for a while and they got their feet together and got rested. So I don't think that happens this week. And they're at home. I think they go down to the Colts. I think this is going to be an under. I think this is going to be a battle. And – the Colts are going to come up out top, and I think this is going to be a 17-20 type game. Indianapolis comes out of here with a W today. Well, Xavier feels that the Jaguars are going to win 24-21. to He also feels the Saints are going to win 20-17, to and the Cowboys 28-24. Those are his picks that he's putting in late because he's too busy playing on his phone. You can't be a guru if you can't focus. But um, I I, I want to take the Jags in this one. But I, I kind of I don't I want to say that Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own. But I, I'm not even gonna say that because we haven't even seen his full potential yet. And you probably won't see that until maybe the end of the season, and then he'll ride that wave for the next four or five years. But give me the Colts in this one. I'll take the Colts. The Colts twenty-seven to thirteen. Runaway. Be I'll be surprised if Anthony Richardson gets his job back when he comes back. Oh, you you don't take that kid fifth overall to have him lose his job to go to Emily Gardner Minshew. That's not that's not the case. I've seen a quarterback taking fifth. I'm I'm what no fourth overall and lost his job to a six rounder. What are we talking about? He's shooting. He's stuck. We can't yeah. use the R. We're not supposed to use the R word anymore, but that's because this org, that organization is R. He's stuck. Yeah, the difference between having production. I mean, Richardson just doesn't give you all the options in the passing game that Gartner mentioned gives you, but he's still elite when it comes to his foot speed. And for some reason, these dum dums in Indianapolis decided to waste four games and not have the opportunity to have to do something like what Miami does with all the speed they have on the field with Taylor and Richardson. It makes no sense. They were stupid. Yeah, I agree with that. And the thing is, the reason I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is not the guy, but I'm saying that I don't think if they get the rolling, he doesn't get the job back this season. You got to sit him. You got to go with the hot hand. But, but, a man is not supposed to lose his starting job due to injury. Well, technically, I mean, there's discussion out there on Bleach Report that the kid's considering seasoning the surgery on his shoulder. So um, that's also a thing that's out there that we got to consider and put into play. And before we move away from this game, let me ask you two gentlemen a question. I like Anthony Richardson. I like what he brings to the table. 
it just seems like he gets banged up so easily. Like, what is – we only – in week six, and I think almost every game he's had to leave early because he's, of a hit. He fell wrong. Sound like so he was concussed week, doesn't it? I think he was concussed week two. Um, he had an ankle one week, and then he had the shoulder. And the shoulder's been the main thing that's kept him out and is going to keep him out. I think the problem is the kid is – is young and he doesn't realize that he's playing in a league with grown men and this ain't this ain't Toledo. You're not playing Vanderbilt anymore. These are grown men that when they hit you, it shit hurts. He has he has a young Josh Allen syndrome. Mm. That cow that cowboy. And he, and you gotta you gotta get that cowboy out of him or your your hot draft pick is going to be null and void because he's going to be injured. And I, something Midnight Rider said, I don't think that Anthony Richardson is considering season injured. So I think the Colts are because the worse they are and get themselves another top five pick, get them a, a receiver or whatever they need to complement that. And then that's how the, that's how the, uh, that's how the, uh, wheel, wheel works now. Tank. Suck for a buck. Um, luck. I'm sorry. The Cowboys just do it naturally. They put all their starters out in the film and, and tank. Oh, man. Now, here's the question. We had a crossroads. Do we go our focus game or do we go Vikings-Bears? Yeah, we can, we can go our focus game. Vikings-Bears. Ah. Okay. Our particular game of the week because – we're local. Uh, the Washington Commanders travel down to the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta and take on the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are one and a half point favorites, over under 42 and a half. Uh, Midnight Rider, take it away. I'm gonna save my comments. No, 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 let me step in here first because this is you guys. This is this is gonna be the barn burner for y'all. I'm gonna be real quick with this. I'm going to stop blaming Sam Howell and the Washington offense, even though they have some issues. I I want to see if the Washington defense is going to come out and do anything today because they have a tall task ahead of them in the backfield for the Falcons. And I think this was my game. I predicted the Falcons are going to have 200 yards rushing today. And like I said, doesn't that doesn't mean a W, but – I think they control this thing today. I don't think Washington is going to be able to stop them on the ground. I really don't. I really don't. Um, the Falcons are 121.6 a game rushing. All right? And I think when you play a bad defense coming up like this, that's, that's been playing bad and scheming bad, I think that number doubles. I think you see over two today. Uh, it says the Falcons only favored by one and a half. I'm taking the Falcons today. I think this is going to be another head-scratching loss for the Washington fan base. And um, I think at this point now, I think that anybody could be fired comes Monday. Then the first name should be Jack Del Rio. I mean, you know, you you have what you have now with Ron. You, you know, you can't do too much with that until the end of the season. Um, but 
the defense, somebody can take accountability for the defense, right? And that's Jack Del Rio. And, you know, you have this certain podcast that has been calling for his job for two seasons. So I think he gets embarrassed. Him and that defense gets embarrassed again today. I think Desmond Ritter has a, a good game. Go ahead, Midnight Rider. Nah, I just got some breaking news on my phone. Um, it looks like uh, Charles Leno is not playing today. Uh, it looks like, uh, I guess, their fourth child um, was fighting for her life, and they lost. she lost the battle. So they lost their baby girl last night. Um, so he's not playing today. It's more than likely you'll have Cornelius Lucas at left tackle. Um, and that's terrible news to hear. Nobody ever wants to hear that. Um, you know, I think I think here we do a good job of when we talk about players on the field versus their personal life. So that is absolutely terrible to hear. Um, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Charles Leno, his family. Uh, it's just that's unimaginable for any parent. So, um, yeah, that is. I'm 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 looking at it now. So yeah, uh, man, I don't even know where I was. Um, back to the game. I know it's hard to trans, you know, transition back to the game with that type of news. But um, I think Desmond Ritter and Bijan Robinson have good games today, and I think they make the Washington defense look bad again today. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess with that news, we get to see, um, how that offensive line holds up missing that star. So give me, um, I'm going to go 24, 13 Falcons. Wow. Um, looking at this game, I think. If I'm being honest and I'm being someone that watches the sport for the sport itself, I just don't see how the – from what I've seen from the commander's defense the last two weeks, I don't see where they make this ball game or improve their performance. Um, I'm looking at a team that has struggled against the run. Um, now, are they going to sell out on the run – and then put Drake London and um, company um, in one-on-one situations. Because if that's the case, then okay, maybe. But I just don't. I, I don't know. I just don't have any trust right now. And I know everybody wants the heads of Ron and um, Jack, but I just I don't see where the landing space is for that. Um, also, breaking news: Malik Willis looks like he's heading into the game. Um, for the last 12 minutes of this ball game, um, I don't know if it's injury related, concussion related. I didn't, I don't have the volume up, so I can't tell exactly what's going on here. Um, I think my man B. John Robinson's gonna have an all world day. Like, this game is gonna be when you go at the end of the year, when we're in like April and May, and that NFL top 100 show comes on. I think the highlights from this game and what he does to this team um, as he sits at like number 49 on the list um, is going to be part of the material for this. I, I just don't trust this team right now. Uh, and, I, and I apologize for not trusting them, but I don't. 
Um, I think Algie is going to have a good day. Go ahead, B. Something I say all the time, and it goes the same thing in the reverse. If your offense goes out three and out, three and out, three and out, and your defense got to keep coming on the field, it goes the same in reverse. If your offense is, you know, we, we know the struggles of the Washington offense, but if your defense keeps getting ate up time and time and time, it has a reverse effect on the offense too. And I think that's what's happening with this team um, that we penciled in as supposed to be a top 10, top five defense yearly. We penciled them in that way because we can see the potential up front and they haven't, they, I mean, it'd be good if they'd be in the middle of the pack, but this is a defense that's at the bottom of the league in a lot of things. And that, and, and when we talk about Sam Howell and this and that now from now on, you have to talk about, but hey, this defense is 31st here, 32nd here. You have to talk about that because it makes a big difference when you come out and you blink your eyes twice, you go get your cores light, and you come back to the seat and this team's down 17 nothing, and now you have to wonder why Sam is passing 55 times. There has to be some type of balance, and right now it's like everything is being put on this rookie quarterback, and we talked with Oop, we talked with Ross last week. You can't put all this pressure, hey, our defense is shit. We need you to throw 60 times. You can't do it. You can't do it to somebody that's that's in that many games in his career. And, you know, you can see the potential, but this guy isn't Peyton Manning. This is, he isn't Justin Herbert where, you know, he had that, you know, great rookie season. This ain't RG3. So you got to stop expecting that. You have to ask where you invested your money in the defense to come up and show up and actually win some ball games. My bad, Midnight Rider. No, you good because that's that's exactly where I was going with this. Um, you know, it's always amazing sometimes how we share brains, uh, thought processes, and everything. Uh, and it's just it's just right in line with what, I, what I'm thinking. You know, I just don't trust this defense to do it. You just spit it out. I mean, the the the, the defensive line. I mean, I'm sorry, the defense as a whole is number two in points allowed. I think the only team that's allowed more points in this defense. Is the Denver Broncos, and that's the team that put had a seventy burger put up on them. So let's let's think about the company we're keeping. Um, Del Rio is the issue, but I think some of this falls on the players too. You know, Deron Payne had that one dominant that dominant drive against the Cardinals. He had a couple plays against the Broncos, and then we haven't seen him for three weeks. Uh, and maybe that's scheme related. Maybe that's uh, performance related. I don't know what what the answer is to that. So that's the only thing I worry about and all of that stuff is just um, um so yeah it's just <laughs> oh man hey if we ever start a uh, Patreon account y'all get that y'all get that in- inside of jokes <laughs> yo I just I, I'm looking at I see the thing in the chat I'm like all right let me go and check out what's going on here. I think there's some. No, mind. We're not going into that because I'm not letting you t- t- take the track off the tracks. But um, forty-two and a half. So I think this game is going to stay under because I think it's going to be a twenty-seventeen ball game. Uh, I think the Falcons win, and I don't know if that coincides with the Falcons covering the spread or not because I think it's like one and a half. So then they would cover. So I'm going with a- Atlanta. Until this shut so this commander's team shows me something different. Also, just a side note, 
Um, Mark, is it Eins? Eins and Reigns, the two uh, minority owners, um, they're actually touring the, the Falcons, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium today um, before the game so they can get ideas for stadium options. That's that, that's good news. Good news. They should. That's 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 been held as the mecca of stadiums. Uh, uh, you know, just the way they put it together, the food, everything. I mean, it's just like every time you hear somebody talk about that stadium, they're raving about everything. So that's a that's a smart move. Go down there and see what they're doing. Bring it up. You know, bring it. You know, every team should. Every team that's up for a new stadium should be. Hey, what are y'all doing out here? That's so great. But you know, it's either the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta or SoFi out in California that everybody's yeah. looking at. Yep. SoFi is yep. another one that everybody raves about. Yep. I I'm, think- hoping to, I'm hoping the Buffalo Stadium implements some of that. So my, I don't mean to cut you off, big guy, but my, my bucket list is to get to Buffalo Stadium right now, the old one, before they play, I think it's, what, 2026 they're supposed to be, 2026, 2077, they're supposed to be finished with the new Buffalo Stadium. So I want to go to both. So, uh, boss, you picked a, a win for this one. Uh, you said, uh, Falcons. I said, uh, I said Falcons 24 13. Okay, Falcons 24 13. Uh, Xavier chimed in, he said, Commanders 28 to 10. Um, you know, starting, starting this off, uh, I just I feel really, really sad for. Charles Lennon, I seen him run across the phone, but I didn't see the reason that he was out. And I, just, I, I feel bad, man. You know, I honestly, as a parent, no parent should have to bury their kid. But it's happening more and more often. You know, the older we get, the more it's happening. So I'm just, I'm stuck with it. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that anybody has to go through anything like this. Uh, before I get to what I have to say. Let me get the roles. Um, he says, what happens if Washington gets beat by 10 or more points? Do they finally part ways with Del Rio? I would like to think they're going to come out and pay and play to their payroll slash potential. And then he also asked a great question. How can you trust this team? Great question. They're great questions. They're valid questions. I, I think it would have to be another drumming like the Chicago game where Bijan has 200, Desmond has 250, and we, we're talking about 52 to 14 type drumming, just uh, absolute, you know, you can't even sit on your ass because it's so sore type beating for somebody to get fired tomorrow. I think if they lose 24-13, it's more of the, you know, fan base calling for, you know, at least Jack uh, Del Rio to be fired, you know. Um, but I think you get look. This team it showed us what what they are. They're going to come out. They're going to come out unprepared. They're going to come out with uh, just not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Holes open. I mean, we've seen this. We can't even say we've seen it just this season. We've seen this for the last couple of seasons. Gash in the run game. Offense can't keep up. Defense is letting you know point every. The first couple of drives for the Falcons are probably going to be touchdowns. They're going to be down either 14 nothing or, or 17 four, 17 nothing or 17-3, and it's just going to continue throughout the rest of the game. And it's just how do you, 
You know, that's just incompetence at that point. Ross say all the minority owners touring the stadium and showing up to make some moves after the game. Hey, they might got pink slips in the back pocket or in the, in the suit pocket. Look, it, watch. Washington will get if Washington goes down and they show a shot of the minority owners, they go like this. Yeah, they got them pink slips. And then all of a sudden you see everybody just kind of take off and start playing a little bit better because he's going like this. Yeah. I'm not tapping my heart. I'm tapping that pink slip that's in that breast pocket that you're about to get. But uh <laughs> I like it. I love it, Rose. You know how the mafia work. Boss doesn't make the hit, he gives the order. Yeah. But now, if you put it in those terms, is Ron a made man? Because you gotta you gotta get it, you gotta get the call from the Don to, to hit a made man. But if you got the right mafia, the boss don't even you can't make you can't even let the boss make the call because then he'd be implemented. Somebody else, his second lieutenant, makes that decision. Boss, he might give his nod or you know whatever the, whatever the signal is, but it can't come out of his mouth, and then he could be implemented. And then when the wiretaps and shit come out, you know. Oh man, uh, these are things that we know from movies. We don't know these things at all. We you know it's just movies, man, movies. But uh. I'm tired of hearing people say Sam Howe's the problem. Sam Howe's completing 68% of his passes. Uh, he's thrown for 1349, 1,349 yards, 7.1 yards in attempt, six touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he's kind of sort of making it happen with his legs, 15 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. But the O-line has let little brother down with the 29 sacks. That, that, that's where the problem is. He's been doing his job. You know, he's, I think, number two in the NFC. Either number one or number two in the NFC in passing. And he's doing it. The defense is not giving him much. The offensive line is not giving him much. He's working with the scraps he was given. Stop blaming Sam for this. This is essentially a rookie quarterback. But being a rookie and the last rookie quarterback we had that everybody was kind of on the fence about was RG three. And here's the thing. Their numbers are comparable through the same amount of games. We were three and six and then ran off seven straight wins. Not saying that's going to happen this year. Right now we are what? Two and three. Who knows? Maybe they have to win the day to get off the schneid. Because, you know, you got to score more points than the other team. That's the key to victory. But if you win, you're no longer on a losing streak. That's it. I said it last week. They went away from it. Early in the game, I'm talking first half, it's 0-0. Brian Robinson has to touch the ball in the first half at least 20 times. You have to wear this defense down. You have to show your muscle, your might. You have to stop having Sam pass the ball all the time. I'm not saying run counter tray and and, and gut seal and everything or, or 50 gut, 60 gut. I'm not saying run that, but he has to touch the ball. When this game is over, if Brian Robinson has anything less 
than 19 carries. That's why you lost the game. Washington, this is a must win. And this is early in the season. We're only talking week six. This is a must win game. They don't win this game. I agree with everybody else. I think somebody's gone before tomorrow morning. I think somebody's gone by 11 o'clock tonight. I thought we were building, KG. I'm not saying it's going to be wrong. Somebody's going to be gone. You, you're not, Ron's not going to be the Ron's not going to be the first one to be gone. And yes, we are building, and it takes time. I get that. I personally don't want to see Ron gone. Is it going to happen? Yes. Eventually, it's going to happen. Whether it be at the bye week, somebody's gone by the bye week. That game right before the bye week, if they're still underperforming, and even if they're on a losing streak, somebody's gone. When Black Monday rolls around the end of the season, everybody's gone. Unless they're walking into the playoffs, and I don't mean sprinting into the playoffs because you had to win nine straight games to get there and you gassed out. No, I'm talking walking into the playoffs, you had everything locked up for two weeks and you just kind of just playing out the string. And you're winning games. That's the only way nobody gets fired. And Ross says, uh, I think Sam has done better than we thought he would. I think he has too. Uh, <laughs> somebody somebody finding their own flight back from ATL if that happens. Yeah, you won't be getting no Redskins one. couple people that are out for week one. Um, so if you got these, these guys in your fantasy lineup, Miles Sanders is out. Uh, he's inactive today. Zay Jones is inactive for the Jaguars. Tank Dell is inactive for the Texans. Um, who am I missing? Of course, Deshaun Watson is out for the Browns. Also on the defensive side, um, Dre Greenlaw is out for the 49ers. I don't know if you have a defensive player or anything like that in your league. Um, what am I missing? Rakshawn, um, Johnson, Bears running back that had a concussion Thursday night against the commanders. He's out tonight. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then we already told you about Charles Leno. So that's pretty much the big names that are out. All right. Uh, you know, we had that point of the show. It's time to get around to the pre-games. Uh, time to wrap that shit up, B. Uh, final thoughts, Boss BJ? I'm hoping that, um, you know, you never wish anybody's injured. And like the Midnight Rider said, I was watching it on mute. So it looks like, if I had to guess, that Tannehill's in concussion protocol. But, you know, I'm hoping Malik Willis comes out and kind of, you know, shows some, some, some something, you know where they can sit, because I went on that Ryan Tannehill rant, I've done it before, they, they can sit him down. It's just like, I, I at this point, you know, I just, like I said, I don't understand why this guy still starts games. Uh, hopefully Malik Willis comes in and shows some flashes and maybe something that, you know, with his legs can move that offense um, uh, and they can go from there. Uh, my, my Bills take on the Giants, uh, starting Tyrod Taylor, I expect them to absolutely mollywop the Giants and Buffalo, 
And if they don't, I'm going to be disappointed. This is a close game. Then they got their rest. Um, you know, lost a couple big key players on the defense. So now you got a um, – you got some new faces in there, and then it's next man up. And um, one guy I've been killing for the last two seasons, and AJ Espinosa. And matter of fact, I'm about to go cook my crow now. You know, a little season, a little sloppy mama seasoning, because the boy's been playing lights out the last three weeks. So if he could step up on that line, and then um, oh, I forgot the name, the boy that's replacing Matt Milano, but it, and then you know, Tredavious White out. You still got the. The, the no fly zone back there with Hyde and uh, Jordan Poirier. So I expect, you know, to it's going to take a couple of weeks to kind of get that defense to get a new identity. But I expect them to, you know, step up to the plate and, and help Buffalo through this time. And uh, it's going to be a rough patch. But we'll see what happens with my boys. We'll see what happens. I ain't going to be able to watch that game tomorrow night. But go Buffalo! Yeah, um... I don't really have anything. I mean, I think I'm just going to sit back um, and see what this Washington team does at, at 1 o'clock. Um, are they going to show some semblance of a backbone? I think today goes far into telling you um, how much this team believes in the message that they're being given by their coordinators and by their head coach. Well, my final thoughts is, Washington win this game. That's it. And that's all. Win this game. Don't pussyfoot around with it. Do it expeditiously. So, oh man, uh, just good day of football ahead, and hopefully it's an even better night. So, uh, Ross, we appreciate you too, and you're welcome. Thank you for showing up in the comments religiously. Appreciate that. Uh, well, we've come to the end of the show, and it's time to say good night for the boss BJ, the man to my right, the Midnight Rider. That's that side. I'm the big guy KG. We don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here.